and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name's Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor, coming to you from our studios in northwest Sydney on a beautiful, glorious day. Hunty. G'day, mate. For those of you who don't know, he's our... What are you? Sideshow Bob. Producer, director. <laughs> he's the guy who makes things right, run in the background and has a little bit to say. Hey, you having a good week? I am, mate. I am. I made a terrible mistake this week. You certainly did. <laughs> <laughs> For a 57-year-old. Don't ever do this if you're 57. We had a great weekend. Hunty and I and a whole lot of us went up to... Nearly Mool- Queensland. Yeah, Moolumbah. Yeah. And we went to the wedding of my nephew, Mitchell and Caitlin. They're on their honeymoon, so I'm pretty sure they're not listening. But if they happen, <laughs> if you in happen a, to be listening, <laughs> one in a billion chance of listening, I hope you're having a happy time. But we're up there. We went to the wedding on the Sunday. It finished, what do you reckon, honey, 9, 9.30? Yep, yep. And my wife, I'm blaming my wife and the kids. They said, let's go home. <laughs> now, home is... Literally Brisbane to Sydney. 800 plus Ks. And I don't know what it was, some mad lunatic fringe (laughs) uh, thing inside of me responded and I decided, okay, let's go home. So 10 o'clock that night, would you believe it, Hunty, we headed for Sydney. Uh, How many hour drive? Uh, 10 at least. Well, I didn't get home until 7.30 the next Uh. morning. So I went more than 24, 26 hours without sleep. Man, don't you feel sorry for the nurses and the doctors and the shift workers? I sure do. I don't know how you do it because that was on Sunday night, Monday morning. I got home yesterday. I went to sleep from uh, 8.30 to 10.30, got up, had something to eat. You know, food always calls. (laughs) Then I went again, 2.30 to 8.30, hunty, and then again 11 till 5.30 this morning. So I'm still tired. I was going to say, I'm still sitting here next to a zombie. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't know. <laughs> I will never do that again, but I'm glad to be with you today, and I'd like to welcome you, a warm, warm welcome on this beautiful day, this beautiful day, to our program. Hunty, yeah, mate. if they want to contact us, SMS yes. or email us, give us the details. Certainly, um, especially if you want to send the question through to the Ask the Aussie Pastor segment, you can SMS them to us on 0488 880851 or info at com. That number again, 0488 Or info at com. Hey, mate, you left it half undone there. <laughs> be, be kind to me. I had my COVID vaccination today. Oh, did you just? I did. I had it this morning. Okay, you're still alive? I'm, I am. No blood clots? I don't know. Let's see if we get to the program. <laughs> we'll be watching you, mate. I haven't had mine yet. I had it booked in, yes, but twice they put it off, and I kind of got a little bit uh, waylaid. I, I do need to go and do it, yeah, uh, because we we travel, we move around, and we need to be protected. Um, we're glad you're here. Big warm welcome to you. It's a good program. We've got some good guests we today. We have some great guests. In. It's going to be a really really good time. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. News, hunty. Uh-huh. That's where we're up to. News, brother. Hey, <laughs> have you been watching this Palestine-Israel thing? I, I have. That's uh, very sad. It is. Do you know what it's about? Not really. Well, in the last few days, um, the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis has blown up again. Uh, we were there not so long ago. I think a year and a half ago or yep. something? Two yep. years yep. ago? Two years? Almost 
Two years two ago. Two years ago. Good times, though. Times go faster. We had a peaceful time there. I think yep. I think you heard gunshots once or twice. I did. Uh, and we, 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 we both did when we were staying in Jerusalem. There were some gunshots, and Hunty dived. Where did you dive I, down? I, Underneath I, the bed. Two-foot-thick stone wall. <laughs> Which made me laugh. <laughs> but maybe I laughed in my ignorance and naivety. <laughs> it has blown up there big time. Yep. And you got the Israel, Israelis really hammering the Gaza Strip. You got the Palestinians firing their rockets indiscriminately back at cities and suburbs of Israel. That in itself is a bit of a worry because you'd, you'd hope and pray that if you're going to fire a rocket, you've at least got some guidance on it. But those things are just indiscriminate. Yeah. But that war between Palestine and Israel, I, I tell you what, it's a pretty one-sided event. Yeah. Because Israel's one of the most powerful nations on the planet. Yep. Palestinians have nothing. They're being hammered. Um, do you know what started it? Let me I, ask you no, that again. I don't even know what started One it. word. Land. Right. Do you remember when we were in Israel, we had a Palestinian driver? Yep. Top bloke. Yeah, he was a good bloke. In fact, when I think back on our time in Israel, we, we, we had the people we talked to almost the entire mm. time while we were in Israel were Palestinians. Mm. In fact, going back, thinking about it, can you think of one Israeli you spoke to? No. It was all Palestinians because yep. it seems that the Palestinians are the ones that catered to the tourist market and we had a Palestinian driver. We even stayed in the West Bank near the Damascus Gate in a hotel there. I felt quite safe. Yeah, that's where I heard the, the gunshots. Yeah, yeah. But still, we felt pretty yeah, safe, felt didn't very we? Safe. And walked, there was no conflict walked there. Walked the streets. No, no rockets problem. or anything like this. Yeah. Um, it's over one thing. Land. Wow. And we were talking, you know, I was the one who asked the question. You get to know somebody after a while and we're in this bloke's car for hours. two weeks yeah. or more, yep. uh, eight, ten hours a day sometimes, sometimes more yep. if we're doing a big day. So you get to know him pretty well. Beautiful man. And I, I eventually got the courage up and I said, well, look, what would happen with this Palestinian-Israel contact con, um, conflict? What would happen if we were to, if the, if the Israelis were to um, build hospitals instead of walls, mm-hmm. get the education system up? Fix the infrastructure up because the infrastructure yep. is worse in the West Bank and Gaza. Fix all these things up and bring you up onto an equal footing with them because the Israelis live pretty good. They have the standard of living literally as good as any Australian. For sure. What would happen if the Israelis started to treat you as brothers? Because they are brothers. You do know they're blood brothers. Really? They're children of Abraham. Right. The Israelis come from Isaac and the Palestinians come from Ishmael. Yep. Both children of Abraham. They're blood brothers. I did mention that to him while I was there, and he acknowledged that too. And I said, what would happen? Would there be peace if the Israelis extended the hand of friendship and and did this for you? You remember what he said? Yeah, I do. He said, not a chance. Why not? Land. Yeah. That's what he said. It's our land. They have no right to build, to live, or to be here. I said, okay, what's the answer then for them to give all the land back? He said, yes. I said, what about the Israelis? He said, and I'll never forget this. They can't be here. They can go somewhere else, but they can't be here. Mm. And I thought to myself with great sadness as I was listening to this good guy. This is one of the good guys yep. talking about this conflict. And I'm not blaming the Palestinians or the Israelis, Hunty. No. I, I think they both actually need to, if they were ever to have peace, they need to share the land. But I, I couldn't help but feel great sadness and think to myself that until Jesus comes... There will be no peace in Israel, Palestine, and the West Bank. And it reminded me what Jesus said. Mm. When you see wars and rumours of wars, wars, 
know that my coming is soon. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. One of the things I used to think of in Israel as I would drive around with my Palestinian friend with the team in the car is how could we take the gospel of Jesus to his own people, the Hebrews, to the Israelis. I used to think about that a lot, Auntie. Mm -hmm. And this next song, Will There Be Any Stars? Stars being people that a Christian and a believer Representative, symbolic of what a, these stars are symbolic of what a Christian or a believer has when they get to heaven. Will there be any stars? Will I influence anyone to heaven? It's pretty appropriate when you think of Israel and how they desperately need the gospel.
like to welcome to our program today, Lyle Southwell. Welcome, Lyle. Yeah, Lloyd and Hundy, it's just fantastic to have the privilege of being on your show. This is a little bit different for me. I'm usually having guests come onto my show, but uh, today I get to be a guest on somebody else's show. It's going to be amazing. Looking forward to it. Yeah, you do. Um, I, I guess, though, really when I'm looking at your life, your most uh, wonderful claim to fame is probably that you're a husband. Well, it could be. It could be. Uh, it depends, depends who you ask, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure your but, wife would um, say that. You know, I'm sure she would say that, and she's sort of looking at me through the glass right now because, of course, I'm in the uh, the Newcastle studio where she is the producer of this show. And as producer Shell, she does just an amazing job of putting the breakfast show together. And so, yeah, I get to I get to be um, I get to be her husband, which is just fantastic. Now, before we look at the breakfast show, um, you're a husband, you're a father of two sons. I think are you a grandfather? I am. Yeah. Uh, and depends how you define grandfather once again, but I am a grandfather and the, uh, the, the plan of our son and daughter-in-law is, well, well, how it seems to be working out is that, um, the baby will be born in August. So that is so exciting for us. You have no idea. Shell and I both, you know, we both kind of aspired to be grandparents in our forties. And there was a while where we thought, yeah, that's a possibility. And then it looked like, nah, that's never going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. We're going to be grandparents in our 40s and so stoked about it, so looking forward to it, you can't imagine. Yeah, actually, I, I can't believe you're a grandparent in your 40s. I'm almost, I'm in my late 50s and I'm not a grandparent yet. <laughs> so you're, nah, time, time for you time for you to pick up your game there, Lloyd. Yeah, Lloyd. Oh, kids of yours. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a grandfather. It, yeah, well, Hunty's older than me. He's in his Yeah, I, I was a bit, I was, I was... <laughs> I was I was actually disappointed when Hunty beat me to it. I was like, no, I was going to be there before him. But anyway, what do you do? Um, so you're a husband, you're a father, you're going to be a grandfather. You love four-wheel driving, is that right? Yeah, so back in the day when I used to live down in Sydney with, uh, with all of you guys, Hunty and I used to get out as often as we could, which wasn't often enough. But we used to love getting out the bush and uh, just exploring tracks and throwing challenges at ourselves and rescuing people. And, yeah, we could probably tell a few stories of adventures <laughs> yeah. in the past, yeah, for good, sure. Good times, mate. Good times. What, what's your favourite track in Australia? Have you got one? There'd be a number that uh, immediately popped to the top of the list. You know, Cape York, Fraser Island, Simpson Desert, Tassie West Coast. It would probably have to go with Tassie West Coast. Wow. Um, Victorian high country is beautiful, but I could probably drive most of that in two wheel drive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but a spectacular country. I've never Tassie done West that. Coast, I think, I think is at the top of my list. I'm a bit biased. I'm a Tasmanian. Oh, okay. I've never done the Tassie West Coast. I'm a bit biased too, so I'd say Fraser Island. I love it up there. Um, oh, Fraser is just gorgeous. It's beautiful, isn't it? Such a such a wonderful place. What, what? And it's your type of forward driving too, Lloyd. It's it's, it's just easy and yeah. just driving in sand and it's not hard at all. <laughs> hey, so <it's> hey. <laughs> don't don't expose me, man. But but Lyle, you'll be happy. I did I did get a four wheel drive just a few months ago. A Santa Fe. Yes, and has the front diff ever been engaged? <laughs> It's a Santa Fe. It's a Santa Fe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lyle. I reckon the greatest yes. man venture you can do in Australia is the Cape. Do it on the old telegraph track, leave Cairns and head to the top. That's my favourite. Absolutely. Do, do the Maytown uh, track as a sort of a, uh, a prequel to it. Yep. Um, just to sort of get you in the mood and then head up the old telly track. Absolutely. Highly recommend it. Done it once. I'd do that one again 
in a heartbeat. Me too. In fact, you know what? We should do that, the three of us. Hunty's been trying to yeah, get me should. up. Hunty's been trying to get me up there forever. I okay. have. We're going up. Um, we'll, we'll take. We'll take. We'll take live radio on the road and do the cape. We can do that. I've got live gear. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're yeah, on. We just, we just need a satellite phone. We're good to go. That's it. Four-wheel driving aside, you have a unique job, and it really it's your job. I think. Am I right? You're a breakfast announcer for Faith FM five days a week. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we do two hours uh, every day, five days a week uh, for the breakfast show. Do you do this show alone, or how does that work? No, I work with a co-host and a producer. So we mentioned, I think, at the beginning of the show that uh, at the moment my producer is Shell, who yep. does an amazing job. Yep. And um, I always work with a co-host. Well, once or twice we've done a solo show when we've sort of not been able to work with a co-host. But yep. uh, my co-host at the, at the moment is a young guy, Lawson Walters, doing an amazing job. Uh, he's somebody who's come from a secular background, somebody who, you know, was not a Christian, somebody who gave his life to God. He was a professional motorbike racer in Europe. And, uh, when he gave his life to God, it completely transformed his life. And now he's here on the breakfast show co-hosting with myself and telling people about Jesus. It's just amazing. Now, we're talk the, talking about the breakfast show. That's a breakfast show on this network that you're now listening to. What times is the breakfast yes. show on? So we're on from 7 till 9 at the moment. So uh, every weekday morning from 7 till 9, you can catch Lawson and myself, the double L team. How, how early do you get up in the morning? Uh, so the alarm clock currently is set for 20 past 4, I believe. Ouch. I just listen to it go off. I don't actually look at it when it goes off, but yeah. Um, Man. 20... Breakfast, show radio, breakfast show radio does involve early morning. So 20 past four, what time do you go to bed, man? Yeah, well, when you're doing breakfast radio, it's one of those things you've got to be a bit disciplined about. It yeah, does do. impact on your social life uh, because I find myself, you know, on the weekend when I don't have to go to bed early, yeah. you know, come nine o'clock, I'm just starting to fade away and <laughs> I might be out with, you know, friends or whatever and it's just like I'm just like zonk, zonk, gone, yeah. over, now, take me home. I, I imagine... Um, Doing a breakfast program, and I don't imagine it because I know we do one program a week, and I know how much work is involved with that. How many hours a day do you spend getting the show ready? How and how does that work? Yeah, so um, generally I budget five hours per show, so that includes uh, preparation time as well as actually broadcast time. Um, so yeah, five hours, uh, two hours of those will be uh, broadcasting. So it's it's not far off a full time job. No, it's not far off. I've got two other full-time jobs. Well, I shouldn't say I've got I've got two other jobs as well. So I work three jobs at the moment. Yeah, okay. Uh, which creates an interesting um, an interesting kind of environment, I guess. But um, so yeah, not only do I do the breakfast show, uh, I'm also an evangelist for um, our church in North New South Wales. So yeah, yeah our boundary starts. A little bit north of Sydney, we don't get down to uh, down to Sydney, but pretty much from Sydney right through to the Queensland border. Okay, uh, we work. In, I work as part of an evangelistic team that uh, is um, is doing you know, public evangelism in that region. Yep, and I'm also regional pastor for the Hunter area, and so yeah, that's supposed to take up about one day a week. Um, so I've got a team of pastors in the Hunter Valley that. Um, I'm in charge of. So those are, those are my those are my three jobs at the moment. The three things that keep me busy from day to day. Man, I, actually, I'm amazed you you're surviving. To be honest, because I'm I'm well aware what each of those jobs entail. Um, 
the actual the evangelism job for North New South Wales, that's basically been a full time job for people who preceded you. So you must be very busy. Yeah, um, it, it does. I mean, it has been affected by COVID, and we all became uh, televangelists like you, Lloyd, yeah. uh, during COVID. So. Yeah. <laughs> All sort of been going down that path. I mean, how many years have you been doing that for? Like fifteen years or something? Yeah. Over twenty years? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I um I saw some of your programs uh, during the pandemic. They were brilliant. Really enjoyed them. I, we were sharing no, them. God. How did it come about that you even got asked or fronted up for it? Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Uh, it came about by accident, and I've since been told that this is not unusual for people who are working in radio, that it comes about by accident. Yeah. What happened was that they needed somebody to fill in for a month on the breakfast show, and this was back in the day when we were doing a pre-recorded show, so it wasn't live radio. Okay. And so they uh, asked me to, to, to fill in for a month, so I filled in for a month, and at the end of that month, it just sort of kept going until it had gone out to six weeks, and they're like, well, can you continue with this? And uh, the thing that I was passionate about was live radio. Because yeah. I'm sort of looking at, you know, what we're doing here and I'm thinking, well, you know, in the, in commercial radio, nobody's doing pre-recorded shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are we doing pre-recorded shows? Mm. We have, we have a message that is so much better, that is infinitely better and more important to share than what any of the commercial stations have. Mm-hmm. And so why aren't we doing it live? Let's, let's bring this up to the, to the level of, you know, at least to the level, make it better mm-hmm, than any mm-hmm. commercial station that is out there. And so I actually pushed kind of hard and I said, look, I said, uh, I'm happy to stay on, uh, but, you know, my passion is for live radio. And uh, the response was, well, let's, let's have a look and see if we can do that. Yeah. And this was uh, a, a new challenge for Pace FM. They've been around for a while. Uh, but, they, you know, like all of these things, you start off small and you build up. Yep. And this was a um, next step up. And so, uh, yeah, sometime after that, we went to air with our first live show. We've been going live ever since, and it's been fantastic. Just so encouraging. You have no idea, Hunty and Lloyd, how excited I am to see other live shows coming on, like your show, uh, which is uh, it's just it's just amazing. It's super encouraging. Mm. Actually, it's, it's quite different from the television we do. We do live television. We do live, when I say yeah. that, um, live, we do a lot of live stuff online, but it is different. Um, quite different. Do you enjoy it? I do. I do. It's a different kind of a challenge because, well, hey, you guys have been doing this for a lot longer than what I have. I guess the difference between what you've been doing all this time and what I do is that you stand in front of a camera and present the gospel to a camera in faith that there are other people on the other side of that camera. <laughs> and, of course, there are many, many thousands of people on the other side of that camera, but you don't get to see them. Yeah. And so we get to come here to the into the studio, and you get to talk to a microphone. Yeah, yeah. But the amazing thing is that you know that there are people who are listening. You know that there are people who are being impacted by the gospel. And, you know, from time to time, you bump into people here and there and like, oh, yeah, you're the guy on Face FM. And, and you realize, you know, my son works as a panel beater and, yeah. and uh, every now and then he'll start up a car to move it from one part of the workshop to the other or put it away at the end of the day. And Face FM is blaring out the radio. Uh, and so, you know, it's super encouraging, you know, and, and when people call in and they text in, it is, it just reminds us that there are people out there that are listening and that are enjoying this content, but above all are being pointed to Jesus Christ by what we're able to present here on the radio. How many listeners do you think you have? Have you got any idea or is that impossible to measure? 
We do have uh, ways of measuring, and uh, by industry standards, uh, we, we, we vary at the moment. I think the breakfast show is probably averaging somewhere around about the 20,000 listener mark. Um, we have been up as high as 40, uh, double that on, on a good day. Um, so that's kind of the audience that we have. And this is one of the things that really keeps us going here because while I come into the studio and I present the gospel to a microphone, I remind myself every day that, you know, we, you know, Lloyd, Hunty, you know, my, we as radio uh, hosts here on Faith FM have a privilege of being a part of, you know, probably Australia's biggest church. Yeah. Yeah, twenty thousand people is a lot of people. Faith FM community. Funny you say. You know it what? Is, you is. know what, Lyle? We have found, and we've been we've been now in radio and in television. We find that radio is one of the most, if not the most, powerful medium to reach people with the gospel. It's one of the most underrated. Yeah, it but is. it is incredibly powerful and exciting to be able to use it. Uh, just a couple of more questions and we'll let you go because we know you're a busy man. Um, the overall theme and, and aim of the show. Okay, so our aim of the show, you know, overall is to lead people to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that we all share that aim together. Yes. Uh, we have a theme that varies by from one quarter to the next. And so the theme that we, you know, we, we do the 20 million movement Bible study, which is 20 million people all studying the same passage of the Bible around the world at the same time. Oh, okay. And at the moment, the theme of that is on the covenant. Okay. Um, so we've been going through, you know, the, the, the covenants that God made, which is fantastic. Um, but the aim of the show, you know, okay, so we're all, our, our aim is to point people to Jesus. We all share that in common. Yeah. For me specifically, and I think, you know, when I've, I've looked at uh, some of your posts, Lloyd, that this is something that you're passionate about as well. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, obviously you're a social media influencer as well as a TV evangelist, as well as a radio host, so you've got a, a bunch of different hats, as well as a church pastor. Mm. But um, one of the things that I find is that I'm sick of this world. I'm just over it. Yeah. I'm done with it. This world does not reflect um, what I like, what I stand for, what I believe in. Uh, it doesn't reflect. I, I long for a world, as the Bible says, where righteousness lives. Yeah, yeah. And our world just every day that goes by reveals a new and greater level of corruption. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just so disenfranchised with this world that I just want I just want to see Jesus come back. I, I want to see the pain come to an end. I want to see the suffering come to an end. I want to see all of that come to an end. And if I can do something towards that goal, of seeing Jesus come back. If I can do something towards that goal by sharing Jesus, even if it is only one person tuning in, then it is worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. And so that is an aim that I have in this program is to share Jesus with people and to see Jesus return and to see that happen soon. Amen. Hey, does any particular guest you've ever had stand out? Oh, that's a really good question. There's Okay, so one of the themes that I often have or that I've spent a lot of time on in our news section because one of the sections that we have as a part of the breakfast show is a news section and my job is to cover the more serious news subjects and so a major theme that I've been really promoting a lot I guess over the over the last uh, probably two years maybe three years has been the issue of religious liberty. Yeah. And the reason being, of course, because religious liberty is under tremendous threat in Australia. 
We don't have a legal framework for religious liberty. Mm. It's always been something that has been assumed and it's never really been under serious threat like it is, you know, like it is right now before. It is. It is. Now, of course, the Bible says that religious liberty will be taken away mm. before Jesus comes back and we get that. Mm. But we want to see it maintained as long as we can. Mm. And, uh, we get, um, I probably possibly Martin Isles is, you know, very yeah. articulate when he comes on the show to talk mm. about issues of religious liberty. Yeah. Uh, definitely stands out. Another standout is Dr. John Ashton. He comes onto the show to talk about uh, the issues of creation versus evolution, and we have some amazing contributions by uh, Dr. John Ashton. He's been a regular here for a long time. They're pretty big names uh, in David Australian Christianity, on. those two. Pretty they big are. names, yeah, they, they are. are. I think Martin uh, is in the middle of right Martin Eels, I think that's how you say it, isn't it? He's in the middle of a tour of Australia, a sold-out tour of Australia right now. Um, and doing a fantastic yeah. job too, actually, in exposing the dangers that Australia faces when it comes to religious liberty. You're also saying David Haup, sorry. Yeah, David Haup does an, a, an excellent job. He comes on once a week, which is just amazing. Yeah. You know, he comes up with, with uh, you know, 15 minutes of content dealing with emotional health. Yeah. We live in a world where so many people are struggling emotionally. Yeah. And we've made that a real... Uh, emphasis here. Before David, we had David Stojic. So the two Davids yeah. uh, dealing with emo- emotional health have made a huge contribution to yeah. uh, what we're able to present on the on the breakfast show. So yeah, those are some of the names I guess that sort of jump to the you know the forefront of my mind when yeah, I'm yeah. thinking about uh, guests that we have on the show. Okay, well, last question. Um, tell tell our listeners why, and I think a lot of them listening here probably do. But tell them why it's, and I think you've given us a whole lot of good reasons already. But tell us why one good reason we should join the Faith FM Breakfast Show at seven till nine every weekday. Yeah, well, first of all, we're on that time of the day when you're most likely going to be in your car, and listening to the radio in the car is one of those things that, as Australians, we just do, and so. You have the option in the morning of being able to listen to a commercial station or you have the option of listening to a station where Jesus Christ is uplifted and you're still going to get news, you're still going to have, you know, all of the same stuff that you would you would be looking for on a commercial station. But here you get to hear about Jesus Christ and you get to hear songs, you get to hear music, you get to hear uh, Bible studies that are uplifting Jesus and that are going to give you the start that your day needs. Yeah. We need to start as, you know, we, we, there is no better way than starting your day by getting yourself spiritually aligned for the day and spiritually aligned with Jesus Christ. Yep. And so what better way to start it? You know, you jump, our world is busy enough as it is. Jump in your car in the morning, head off to work, put Faith FM on. Let me recommend that you listen to it through the app because then you will never li- you will never have a bad signal. I've listened to Faith FM, you know, through the I was about to say like that, Ethiopia, actually, the United States, and all kinds of different places. Yeah, I was about to say exactly what you're saying. Listen to it through the app if you can't get it on the radio. Because now the reason I say that is my wife goes to work every day. She's got, well, she's coming from out Riverston to Warunga. You know how far that is, Lyle, and the traffic that she encounters. Yeah. She listens to it on the app in her car Every single day. So if you can't get it on radio, and some of the big cities we don't, we don't actually have, unfortunately yet, the access on radio. You can listen listen to it on the app. And no, Sydney's, Sydney's the only one, Lloyd. Sydney's yeah. the only one. It's sad. Isn't it? <laughs> it's the only one where we don't have it. What are we going to do about that? It will change. 
It will oh, change. We've got, we've, we've got plans. It will change. It yeah, will change. Yeah. But, but if you can't... But anyone in Sydney can listen on the app. Yeah, that's right. That's how we listen to it. Look, fabulous to talk to you, Lyle. We'll have you on again. We're big supporters of you. We listen to you. We get ideas off you. Can I say, Hunty, sometimes we copy what you're doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Really appreciate your time today, Lyle, and we'll see you out on the four-wheel drive trail soon. Ah, that sounds like a plan. Let's set a date for it. Uh, Hunty and Lloyd, looking forward to it. God God bless bless you guys. God bless. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. He's an interesting bloke, is that Lyle Southall? Yeah, absolutely. I've always enjoyed spending time with him. He's got a great witness and testimony too, where he comes from, what he did and how God brought him into a saving, born-again relationship. A real beauty, actually. And he's been on a journey, Hunty. Yep. Perhaps we better get him on and find out about that sometime in yep. the future. I'd love to hear about it. And he has that fantastic program, 7 till 9. Yep. But he gets up at 4.20, 4.20, what, at 4.30 or something a.m. in the morning or 4 a.m. or some some terrible time. That's commitment, isn't it? Oh. Wow. <laughs> it's good stuff. Hey, um, we have this little segment. We've been running it for two or three weeks now. It's called Ask the Aussie Pastor. Did I get it right this week? You did. That's Ask the, the Aussie Pastor is its official time. title. The third time I've done it, but I get it right. Ask the Aussie pastor. And in it, we ask you, our listeners, to either, well, text us. Text us or SMS us or email us. Well, text us. Yes. Let's not confuse them. Sure. Text us or email email us. Mm. Because texting and SMS is the same thing, isn't it? It's the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Text us. What's the number? 0488-880-880. 851. Or if you want to email us, info at aussiepastor.com. And ask us any question you want. Bible question. Yeah, any question you've got that you want that is perplexing you. It can be even outside the Bible as long as it's spiritual. Yep. And I'll have a go at answering it. If I can't answer it, I don't mind not being able to answer questions. In fact, it's quite... It's not a big deal, Hunty, to say, oh, I don't know. And sure. I'll, but I would go away, I promise you, I would go away and I'd, I'd look it up and I'd investigate it and I'd find an answer for you. So it's Ask the Aussie Pastor. And one more time, Hunty, if you want to, uh, text us, let's do the texting text first. first. Yep. You, how do you do that? 0488-880-851. Or you can email us at info at aussiepastor.com. That didn't sound good. We've got a little bit of a problem. Hey, we've got a technical problem here. (laughs) Usually when we have problems with the Aussie Pastor radio show, it's the Aussie Pastor. You know what? I reckon we should play a song right about now. Okay, let's do that. That always That's what they do radio, don't they? They play a song. What do we play? Well, Hunty, whatever you choose, mate. All right. Let's spread a little love around, eh? Okay, this one's from Linda Shelton. Okay. Coming. Coming. Soon. Anytime now.
Beautiful song, Hunty. Beautiful song. Hey, I'm going to change things up a bit here just yes. to throw a cat amongst the pigeons. Sure. For our listeners, I think we'll do a little interview on Andrew Hunt. Sure. See how he's coping with live radio because I just watched him under immense pressure. How are you coping, Hunty? Well, I pushed a few buttons and nothing started and I pushed a few more, prayed a couple of times. Then Now, actually, you're, you're not really a radio uh, engineer or sound producer or your yeah, area? No, no, that's my area. Oh, I thought you were into television. It's, it's, this, so soft, you, it's this suicide software that keeps getting me. Oh, I thought you were a television engineer. Same sound. thing. Same thing. Same oh, okay. Sound so, have you done a lot of radio? A little bit, yeah. In the eighties. Oh, okay. In the eighties, <laughs> yeah, mate. Most of our listeners weren't born it's back just then. Records back then. <laughs> Has it changed much? Like you, you jumped onto radio, so you really you haven't done any radio since the eighties. You've been doing tele. You've been doing television. Yeah, I haven't done any radio you? since records. So you've been doing television yes, and all that time. Yes, um, what you've been working mostly in Australia, or oh yeah, um, Australia also, but overseas. Okay, where have you been overseas? I've enjoyed um, the privilege of setting up TV studios, Christian ones, all over the planet. Okay, for the Adventist Church, um, Africa's, Europe, Hope America's. Television, that is? Yeah, Hope Television, yeah. Yeah, okay. We, we should... It's a satellite um, channel which you can get pretty much globally. Yeah, yeah. But for the last 10 years, you've been working with me. I have. Good times. <laughs> and <laughs> the reason I'm doing this little impromptu interview, because I don't think in the 10 years I've ever worked with you, <laughs> I've seen you under more pressure <laughs> than I saw you then. When, now, I'm going to give him a break here. It was the software that let him down. Am you I saw correct? you push the button, did you? Yes, I did. I saw you push the button. Yeah. It should have worked. <laughs> but when it didn't work, I saw you turn... White. White. And, I'm, and I'm already white. <laughs> yeah. I went translucent. Hey, before we get into our next song, uh, which is a, a beautiful song from a friend of ours, yep. actually, I want to um, talk about church this Sabbath. Yes. One of the things that we have this radio program for is to encourage you, if you haven't before, to try out an Adventist church. Now, an Adventist church, if you're not sure how an Adventist church works, very much like a Baptist church, I think a, yep. a Methodist church. Yep. We kind of come from their traditions, but we worship on a different day. We do. Which is? God's day. Yeah. The biblical Sabbath. That's right. We Saturday. Work, we worship on the Sabbath. And most Adventist churches will start, we, we have two programs normally on a Sabbath yeah, we do. morning. Yep. The first one we call Sabbath school usually starts at 9.30. Yep. 
sometimes, if you're like us, and we 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 need a bit of extra time because we're a television. And we like church. to give our parents a bit more time Saturday morning as well. Oh, I thought it's because we needed more time to set up <laughs> because we do set a studio up every Sabbath morning, don't we? We, we do. start at ten a.m. So we have a Bible study time from ten a.m. until eleven, and then yep. eleven fifteen to oh twelve thirty thereabouts. Twelve thirty one. Yeah, we try not to go too late. Hands is preaching. We 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 have our um we have our main worship service. Yep. And our worship service, and you'll find most Adventist churches, their worship services is for children up, really, isn't it? For everybody. Yes. Hey, if you live in Northwest Sydney, yes. we would love you to come and worship with yep. us. Drop in at New Hope. I'm preaching this Sabbath. Actually, we've got a great Sabbath this week because at 10 a.m. we've got David uh, Ashrick. Ashrick. Yep. Who's doing a very special presentation. Now it's not live, unfortunately, but it's a very special presentation on marriage. And then we'll move into the second service. And I'll be preaching there. So come to New Hope if you're in Northwest Sydney. Three five seven Windsor Road, Vineyard. We would love to meet you. And I was just about to hunt <laughs> Hunty's on fire today. I am. I was about to ask him where, where it was. Else? Tell us again, where is it? Three five seven Windsor Road, Vineyard. You can't miss the building. It's got a bright red top on it and a cross. Just got to get onto Windsor Road. That's it. And that's actually one of the main arterial roads of Sydney, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so if you're in Northwest Sydney, come to New Hope. If you're anywhere else in Australia, Google Adventist Church Online. There's sure to be one not far from you.
program today, Brendan Pratt. Welcome, Brendan. Thank you, Lloyd. I think you're one of the more interesting guys I know. That's intriguing. <laughs> I'll tell you why in a minute, but I've, I've known you for a long time. You're a husband, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, how, long to Amanda. You, how long have you been married to Amanda? Uh, 23 years. Yeah, I thought it may, might have been a while. You've got three boys? Yeah, three boys, um, all teenagers. Yep, and you're a pastor, that's correct, yes. But I would say your ministry role has been, or your pastoral journey has been a fair bit different to most people, hasn't it, really? Um, yeah, well, I first met you, Lloyd, across in New Zealand. You and I are both working across there, so I spent 10 years in, in Auckland, at a church in Auckland. Then, well, before um, we go any back- further, let's, let's just talk about that church in Auckland, because that was, to be honest... I've been watching pastors in churches for a long time, and I know you're probably not going to like me saying this, but that was one of the more uh, successful ministries I've ever seen in my 31 years of ministry. You turned up there as the associate, is that correct? Yeah, that's where I did my internship, Lloyd, and then just stayed there. Um, uh, so this is, what was the name of the church? Uh, Papatoe, um in South Auckland. So it's in South Auckland. Tell us a little bit about the yep. church and just briefly what you did there because it was an exciting time. I know that because my own family was a part of the church at that time. Yeah. So tell us um, it, a bit about it. You no, know, a really good community of people and a really good community that God calls to reach. Um, There's lots of young people who are willing to serve, willing to use their gifts, um, outward focus. Um, but mind you, when I say young people, there was lots of all generations. We had lots yeah. of children, um, like hundreds of kids and and elderly people who were willing to pour their time and effort and energy into those kids. Um, you know, it was one of those, it was a pleasure to be the pastor of that church, Lloyd. Um, there was just lots of really good, humble, serving people. Did the church grow while you were there? Together. Did it grow? Yeah, it did. It did. Um, but you get enough, you know, for those kind of people and, and they naturally, um, form a community that other people want to be part of. So, so how many, just, how many years were you there? Um, 10 years. So when you got there, how big were I just want to talk about growth for a moment because I think growth is a is a outward sign of a really healthy church, isn't it? Um, well, healthy churches grow. Now, unhealthy churches also grow, Lloyd. But, yeah, um, that's true too. But, but healthy churches, um, you know, if God can trust more people to them. And, um, yeah, we, we you know, 
hundreds of people became part of the church there, and um, it was an exciting time to be a pastor of, in New Zealand, and yeah, it was an exciting church to be part of. Yeah, it was. I, I remember wonderful worship services there, really good singing, um, some really exciting, vibrant Bible study and and prayer, and 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 some good preaching. And we, uh, I, I know you had great out, outreach programs going. So you're doing a lot of things with your local community, and it's a church that just exploded. And it was interesting and quite exciting to watch. From New Zealand, and I still remember one of your sermons, Lloyd. You <laughs> preached a sermon there on three points of prayer, and I still haven't forgotten that one. But anyway, yep, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that too. Um, I think that was was that during church, or was that? a Friday night. It was a Friday night. You've got it. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Um, you had a Friday night program. It was That was a youth program, wasn't it? That was a youth program, yep. We were all young back then, uh, Pastor. Well, we thought we were, yes. <laughs> I think I was only about 32. Yep. And so, uh, we were young, having a lot of fun, and there was a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. Those, those were the days where um, nothing was – we just had vision. All of us had vision, didn't we? And it, it just seemed to happen. Um, and that was good. One of the joys of being young. So from New Zealand, you came back to the better land? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> New Zealand's a pretty pretty magical place. I, but thought, yeah, then spent, I thought I'd um, push that years, in there. <laughs> spent eight years in um, Sydney. Actually, and, um, before we even go to that, New Zealand gave you some good experiences other than and, and some good things other than a great church, didn't it? Went there a single man and came back married, so that was that was a pretty good thing about New Zealand. And um, my two older boys are Kiwis, yeah. And um, yeah, so so I I only had good things to say about New Zealand. Do they do they think do they consider themselves Kiwis? I mean, are they all black supporters? They're all black supporters. Oh, yes. So that is very. So when sad. it comes to that. <laughs> when it comes to that, you know what, Lloyd? I'd be an all-black supporter too if I could, if I was a Kiwi. Oh, <laughs> Brandon, I've I got a funny feeling that underneath you possibly are an all-black supporter, you Aussie yeah, rules pretty man. much. Pretty much. <laughs> Terrible. I remember being in New Zealand uh, with another mate of mine there standing strong for the Wallabies. Fortunately, when we were over there, Brendan, that's when the Wallabies could play. It was worth standing strong for, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you come back to Australia, to Sydney, correct? Yes, that's correct. And um, there, I worked in um, work with churches on helping churches with their their plans, um, their development plans, sitting with church boards. Met um, with your church board, Lloyd, when you were at a church in Sydney, yep. and we were on the church, and we. Yep. So that's what I did for a job for eight years. Um, you had a passion for that too, didn't you? Helping other churches to to become healthy. You know what? And I enjoy churches. I find churches intriguing. Whether they're large churches, small churches, city churches, country churches, healthy churches, unhealthy churches, where groups of people gather together to honour God, yeah. I'm just intrigued by how it all works and yeah. how those communities work and yeah. intrigued by what every church has a different next step to move forward. And I'm always intrigued to work out with the church, where's God leading that church, what gifts has he given that church. Churches intrigue me. Yeah, yeah, I've noticed that. And you've always had plenty to say, which has been very uh, help, helpful through the years. Now, you then moved to Melbourne, which wasn't a bad thing because you're kind of headed back to where you come from. Yeah, I'm originally um, Victorian or lived mm. up on the border of Mildura and um, actually grew up in New South Wales on the, that side of the river, but yep. Mildura is Victorian. And um, so, yeah, Melbourne for the, the last, um, what, seven, seven years? you got and, an interesting um, job down there too. Yeah, I've got a good fun job. My job is pastor to pastors for Australia. Yep. And um, each of our conferences, our regional areas has a, a pastor to pastors, but I work with those guys. Um, and 
Yeah, pastor to pastors. How, how many pastors? Just I'm just interested, actually, in Australia. How many pastors do you care for then? Yeah, four hundred and eighty. Wow. Um, across our, our conferences. Um, how how many includes, churches? Do that includes they... our school chaplains and aged care chaplains. So, okay, how many churches do those four hundred and eighty pastors look after? Do we know? Or? Yeah, well, there's there's five hundred and eighty. If you depending how you count them, Lloyd, if you're counting those some of the smaller groups that are what we call companies in our system, yeah, over yeah. a thousand. Wow. And do you get um, to talk so, to local pastors much? Well, you're talking I to me do. now, but... <laughs> um, yeah, but but I do make a point of making sure that, um, you know, especially before COVID, when we could get to all the ministers' meetings, I'd get around to ministers' meetings, they're, they're chatting to guys about where they're up to. When I say guys, that includes we've got lots of female pastors yeah, we as have. well. Um, and, and chatting to pastors about um, where God's leading them and how they see things working and... Um, yeah, as I say, churches intrigue me, and so naturally I'm also um, quite passionate about investing into pastors. Yeah. Hey, um, uh, this is a question without notice. Um, female pastors, do we have a lot of them in Australia? Yeah, we do. Um, so we'd have well, over 40, um, yep. which when we say a lot, um, it's we'd like to see more, but it's certainly a lot more than... Um, We've had in the past, and um, you know, we're, we're, a few weeks ago, Lord, I was out at our interns camp where all our new yeah. pastors um, are at camp, and we've got some wonderful young ladies out there, and impressive young ladies who are doing amazing things. So more and more um, women are coming into pastoral ministry in the Adventist church. That's correct. And there's that's plenty correct. of room in the Adventist church for a woman who'd like to be a pastor. Certainly is, and um, no, it certainly is, and and. No, we're encouraging more women pastors because they bring fresh perspectives and, yeah. and as I say, some of our best leaders at the moment um, are, are female pastors. Well, actually, my own testimony, one of the best associate pastors I ever had was a female pastor. Very, very yep. powerful woman, full of the Holy Spirit, who brought a, a time of great refreshing on the church I was working in at the time. Actually, it was Warunga. Um, yep. Changing, changing uh, tack a little... Uh, you're interested in herpetology. Did I say that right? You did get it right, yes. <laughs> Tell us what herpetology the, is. The study of reptiles. So would you call um, yourself a herpetologist? I would call myself uh, an amateur herpetologist, Lloyd, yes. Herpetologist. Um, I, I belong to the Herpetological Society. I read herpetological newsletters. And by all means, yes, I'm an amateur herpetologist. Tell us what that actually means. Um. Intrigued by reptiles, you know, if I get a spare moment, I'll be, you know, Googling reptiles, looking for reptiles, um, and, you know, number of reptiles as, as pets that, you know, just that I've loved and enjoyed and learnt about. And, and there's still so much more to learn about our reptiles in Australia. We're still finding new species, but there's still so much more to learn. And I just love learning it and loving finding out about them and then sharing what I'm learning and, um, yeah, there's uh, there's more and more people interested in reptiles, and in Australia um, is is the place. If you're a herpetologist, Australia's a dream for herpetologists. We've got so many different reptiles. What about New Zealand? In New Zealand, a bit of a different story. Um, before I passed New Zealand, Lord, I had 120 pets that yes. were reptiles. Yep. Um, heading to New Zealand, they don't have them over there. I had a couple of different geckos, and of course, they got the Tutara, Tutara, yep. which is an amazing reptile, but you yep. can't keep them as 
as, as pets in your house. Yeah. But um, yeah, New Zealand doesn't have all the reptiles. So over there, it was just a few geckos that I had. Okay, so let's talk about the reptiles in Australia. What sort of reptiles do you keep? Um, and tell us a little bit about them. Favourite snake is a diamond python, and um, until recently had a beautiful diamond python. Um, he was 14 years old, and um, they're just an amazing, amazing snake. Um, you have them on your farm, Lloyd, you're up your way. Um, okay. where that occur naturally. Um, the big diamond python. Where would I the, find them on my farm so I can make sure I don't um, go there? Yeah, <laughs> up, up in a, no, you do want to find these ones. Um, up in a gum tree, um, hard to spot in a gum tree during the day, but up yep. getting a few hours of sunshine. Um, if you've got a barn with some hay and some rats and mice, you'll find these guys. But um, I have no, got I had a, a barn. I have got yeah, a barn that has got rats in it. Oh, yeah. you'll find so these are the good guys you want to keep, though. You want these guys because they look after your rats for you. Do they bite? Um, no, not really. Um, if, if you grab them initially, in the, they, they, they don't want to bite you, no. Um, and, and my my pet one, I had it since it, it was a baby, and it was just a beautiful snake. Um it was just a, a lovely snake. Also, a woma. Um, I love woma pythons. They're out from the, the mine was named Tsunami after the Tanami Desert. Um, there they've got the bands, um, yep. gold bands all down them, really dark head, uh, really thin little tail, beautiful snake. Hey, um, um, but, this python you had, what was it, a diamond python? Is that a diamond I, python. Named Cuddles. Did the snake know, you said you had it from a baby? Yep. Did, did you name it? Yeah, cuddles is cuddles is the diamond python. Okay, cuddles. Um, yeah. Did it know you? Did it did it respond to you? Did I it recognise so. you? I, I would. I know it would recognise me. Yeah. And um, you know, most days I'd you know, go to its um, enclosure and open up, and it would come out for a little pat and a little cuddle. And um, how big was yeah, it? Yeah, no, it, um, it was at least at least well longer than I am. So it'd be, it would have been about three meters. Wow. Possibly. A little bit more, but a beautiful big snake. What did you feed it? Uh, rabbits. Where would you get um, the rabbits? Uh, buy frozen rabbits at the pet shop. Frozen um, rabbit. So, yeah, get a frozen rabbit. Now, if you a, a snake in the wild won't eat frozen food. Okay. Um, yep. Won't eat dead. So, so there has to be live food there. Yep. But if the first meal your snake eats in captivity is a thawed out, it'll stay on thawed out food for the rest of its life. So and, you um, thaw the rabbit out and then give it to it. Yeah, throw the rabbit out and then, then give it a rabbit, and that would that would um, during summertime that last you no know, good two or three weeks. During winter time, it could be three months. Wow, what other mm. what other reptiles did you have? Yeah, um, had bearded dragons, um, blue tongues, water dragons. Um, had a little ridge-tailed monitor, which is one of the world's smallest um, goannas. Yeah, um, so yeah, it was a little ripper. Um, but then no turtles. Um, had a bunch of different turtles, which are pretty cool, and um, and frogs, which aren't reptiles, they're amphibians. But herpetologists also care about yeah, frogs. That's right. So had some green tree frogs, had some day, a little daisy tree frog. Um, yes, yeah, beautiful animals. Where do you get these animals from? Um, breeders. You know how to take them out of the wild in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so it's from breeders. Um, and and you know when you're part of herpetology clubs, different people are breeding different different animals. Yeah. yeah. And um, were yeah. you a breeder? Yes, I've, I've bred, uh, I haven't bred a lot recently, yeah. but um, blue tongues and some bearded dragons and some little turtles, but yeah. Any of these reptiles ever bite you? Oh, you know what, depends what you call a bite, um, and the, the ones you've got as pets, generally not, but um, you know, I had a little um, blonde spotted python, and um, she was an aggressive little snake, and she used <laughs> to enjoy giving a bite whenever she could. Does that and, hurt? Um, but. And uh, no, it's just like, like if you got yourself with a stapler. 
Uh, it, it's, it's it's a little sharp nip then. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But she she was funny. I used to find her absolutely amusing because she had this really aggressive little character. Yeah, and she she'd get up and want to strike, and um, <laughs> but still a very beautiful snake. Hey, just just twisting this a little bit. I remember telling you about my uh, incident on the farm once where um, my dog, uh, I had a dam and it went down and it found a red belly black and it, it unfortunately grabbed it. And it was actually, I tried to pull the dog off, Brendan, you'll be glad to know that. I'm glad to know that, Lloyd. Yeah, but you know when they, dogs, when they get a fixation on a snake, there's this, there's this natural enmity between them, isn't it? It's, it's instant. It seems to be. Even I remember it, you post, I remember you posting this on, on Facebook, Lloyd, you and I had a discussion about the value of snakes. Well, you actually, <laughs> you actually, after my dog killed it, um, and uh, look, I'm a bit ashamed to say it, especially after having spoken to you through the years. I come from a farming family where, uh, you know, the good old Aussie adage, the only good snake is a dead snake. The only good snake. snake is a dead snake, yeah. yeah and and yeah. I, it made me feel all the worse um, when you told me that that red belly black does what? How does he protect me out there? Just remind me. Well, your red belly black, first of all, um, if you're going to get a venomous snake, red belly black is, is a beautiful creature. I'm not just saying that to be silly. They're, yeah. they're genuinely docile, and they're graceful, and because they're such a large, stocky snake, they will compete with other venom, venomous snakes for, for food and for territory. And so if you've got red bellies, you're going to be less likely to find some of the other guys that they are going to be more problematic for you, like a brown or a tiger on your farm. Mm. Um, Death so, adder is actually out there, believe it or not. There, there definitely would be death yeah. adders on your farm. Up but, in the um, rocks. Yep, um, and they're quite a fascinating snake as well. But um, the, your red belly is going to be the guy that that looks after you as far as he's going to protect his territory, and in so doing, he's going to keep other more dangerous snakes off your farm. What makes the red belly king of the snakes then on my farm? Why why, why would he uh, take out a brown a, snake? It or grows, a... it, it just grows bigger. It's just, ah. it's just a bigger snake, a bigger, thicker, stockier snake. Okay, okay. So, mm. uh, there are a lot of snakes in Australia, aren't there? Yes, yeah, we're, we're, and, and venomous snakes. Um, depending on how you count them, how you classify them, we'd have eight of the top ten. Some people will classify them differently. Yeah. But um, top ten venomous snakes, that is. If, um, you, so, if you come so across yeah. a snake in the wild, like I did just a few months ago, I, I was sitting in a cemetery and around the corner came a red belly black. I know he's a red belly black because they have that very red belly, don't yeah. they? That's that. They're, they're, and they just they just shimmer in the sunlight beautifully. Yeah. You see, it's it's like a power shell. You see a red belly black go past, yeah. and when it catches the sun on its scale, you see all these colours. They're amazing. Um, so, you what know, should your average Aussie though, like me, who knows nothing about snakes, <laughs> what should we do when we see a snake? Because you know, I can think in my own life, I've probably seen at least a dozen snakes, or well, more now that I'm in the. Um, hey, you'll be glad mm-hmm. to know too, Brendan, that when I'm on my tractor slashing and I see a snake, and you do see them all the time. I stop yep. and I wait for the tractor. I wait for the snake to go away, and they do go away with, on, the, with the thumping of the tractor, and that's all done in the name of Brendan Pratt. Um, Excellent. <laughs> but what, Excellent. Should, what should I do but, if I see a snake? Exactly, just watch it, and it'll it'll leave. You don't have to worry about it. And it's not going to worry about you. It doesn't want to bite you. It doesn't want to eat you. Um, it just wants to get on with its day. And if you just stop and watch, you'll see a beautiful creature just go off and do its thing. What if it? What if it chases you? A snake's not going to chase you. It's really not. So what um, happened to me the day on a tractor? I'm on a tractor and a brown snake 
came from across the other side of the paddock yep. straight at me. What's going on there then? Yeah, brown snakes are a, a flighty snake. They're a nervous snake. Yep. Um, apparently they don't see as well. I'm not sure who works out how well snakes see. But um, a brown snake is a lot more flighty than a red belly. Yep. And a brown snake will try and escape, and but it'll be striking at what moves. And and sometimes it'll escape in the same direction that you're running. And oh, so <laughs> people it's, think they're it's, being it's trying to escape, but I'm thinking I've it, been... Yeah. It wants out of there as well. So <laughs> just brown move. snake really doesn't... Yeah, oh, so will okay. strike a brown snake will strike at what's moving. It will. So just move and slowly away from the direction the brown snake's headed. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, you just move out of its way, and it'll be on his. It'll be. It'll be more than happy to keep going his own way. And one last question, and then I'm going to go into a, a little event that occurred to you. If you get bitten by a snake, a poisonous snake, yep. what's the best thing yep. to do? Um, well, this is the. <laughs> It's easy for me to say this. Don't panic. Yep, yep. Um, you don't. You don't need to, to panic, and just you know, if you've got if you've got a t-shirt, if you've got something you can tighten around that that bite with. Um, don't wash it. Don't try and cut it. Don't try and do any of these things that we used to think were useful. You don't have to try and take the snake with you. Um, people think you need the snake for antivenom these days. They have a general antivenom that covers all those snakes that have got venomous in Australia. So don't catch the snake. Don't think you need to take it. Um, you just Tighten it up, and then if you've got a phone, um, ring someone to come get you. If you don't have a phone, then you need to um, walk to get help. But you've got time on your side. Yeah. Um, if you panic, that shortens the amount of time on your side. Yeah. Um, so panic never yeah. works for anything, actually. It doesn't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to give Brendan just a little break there for a second or two. Brendan, you can go and get a drink of water. And uh, we're going to have a song and uh, share just a little bit with you. Then I want to come back and I want to ask Brendan some questions which I reckon are very, very challenging because he had something happen to him I pray will never mm. happen to you. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This next song, Calling You from the Lower Light, it's a new song for me. It's a beautiful song. I hope you enjoy it. He will take you by the hand, lead you to that promised land. Can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? When you strayed from the fold and there's trouble in your soul, can't you hear the blessed Savior calling you? soul is lost in sin and you're at your journey's end can't you hear the blessed savior calling you calling you
Month or so ago, and I feel a bit sensitive going here because I know it means a lot to you. Something, yeah, four something, weeks ago. Yeah, you had a tragedy. Share with us if you can what happened. Yeah, so um, we'd all gone to bed, and um, it's about um, just about one o'clock in the morning. And I thought it was our alarm clock initially. Um, the beeping sound, and I looked at the alarm clock. There's no numbers. Realised it was a smoke alarm. Jumped out of bed. Um, my middle son came running out at the same time, and by this stage, the um, in Melbourne, lots of homes have these ducts for the heating to come through from under the house. And yeah. There's flames coming through those ducts already. And um, so Amanda rang the fire brigade. She raced outside. I, My oldest son, I saw him head outside. I thought my younger son had got outside as well. He got outside and realised he wasn't there, went back into his room. And um, you know, remarkably, the flames are already um, they're coming through the gas ducts and there's smoke and what. Grabbed him, oh. grabbed our cat. Unfortunately, our beautiful cat jumped out of my arms just before I got out, and I turned around to try and get him. Yeah. Um, people say it happens fast, and they realise how fast, Lloyd. Yeah. Um, but by that stage, the house was filled with smoke. The fire brigade arrived reasonably quickly, but um, yeah, by that point, the best they could do was make sure it didn't spread to the neighbouring houses. Yeah. And um, yeah, we our our house burned entirely. Um, they've had forensic investigators trying to work out what happened. Um, it's just too destroyed to work it out that something electrical went wrong and um, burnt the whole place. You lost your cat too? Yeah, we lost all of our pets. Um, and those that's, that's why I was saying those pets that you know, had a blue tongue, those, what, 15, 16 years old and that diamond python, I lost all my pets apart from two water dragons. They live outside. Yep. yep. Um, but, um, yeah, we lost all our pets. Um, lost pretty much everything. So sorry to hear that. So how many pets would you have had? Um, 16. 16. 16 pets. And hmm. some of those pets you'd had for 15 years? Yeah, ever since I got, got back from New Zealand. Um, yeah. You know, the old, old blue tongue and the, the diamond python was, was soon after that. Losing, so, yeah, losing. So we, Sorry. We stood I'll... there and um, I was standing there in my boxer shirt, shorts and a T-shirt. And, yep. Um, it was a school principal. All people came up to me. One thirty in the morning, he heard what was going on and no, Brenda, you need some pants. And he gave me pants and a shirt. <laughs> We've got marvellous neighbours. We live in one of the best streets in Australia. Yeah. I'm um, in Wandon, Wandon North, our little area. Yeah. I'm um, in the Yarra, Yarra Valley. Yep. Um, wonderful, wonderful neighbours um, who just were keen to be helpful. Um, was it a fairly new house? It was 2008, so it wasn't brand new, but Not it old, wasn't though. old. And yeah. they've never worked um, out what really caused the fire? No, something electrical. Um, what that was, they don't know. Um what what actually started it, but um, yeah, so so standing there watching it disappear, you realise 
know how fragile our little fortresses are because your home's sort of your fortress and you've got all your things. And I was a bit of a hoarder. I kept every toy I'd ever owned since I was a kid, boy. Yeah, yeah. Collected wheat fix cards and football signed by all the different Richmond Tiger stars and cricket bats signed by everybody and all that kind of stuff. It's not that valuable, but stuff that you go, you know, I thought was pretty cool. And I had, I was pretty proud of all the books I had and whatnot and you just watch it all disappear real quick if you realize that things are pretty fragile and yeah. and sure we got all, all the humans out and I can't begin to imagine what it feels like for people who have that happen and lose a human because yeah. it happens far too often. Um, well, when you went back but, in to get your, your your the son that was left, was was he asleep still? Or? He was asleep remarkably. I used to wonder how people died in house fires. Yeah. There's windows, there's doors. How do they die in these things? Yeah. Um, the, the smoke just puts them asleep. Now, we had two smoke alarms. Um, yep. This Sunday, Lloyd, at our at our house, um, the CFA and the Emergency Service here in Victoria are launching their Smoke Alive Save Lives campaign from yep. our burnt house. Yep. And um, smoke, al- smoke alarms do save lives. If, yeah. if I had my time again, I would have had integrated smoke alarms in every room. Yep. That means they all, smoking one room sets all of them off. We didn't have all our smoke alarms. Like yeah. if we had that going, would have given us more warning. But yeah. Um, are you, but then you're you, rebuilding? Yeah, well, at the moment it needs to be demolished, yeah. um, but we will rebuild um, on that spot because, as I say, it's, we've got wonderful neighbours, wonderful people around us. Um, so, yeah, it'll, we'll rebuild there. And um, but, um, what was yeah, the you most, realise how fragile it all is. Yeah, what was the most difficult loss in all of that? Can I ask that question? If, if I could go back, I would have grabbed the animals. Um, and yeah. sure, I, you know, there's lots of things that I think this is really cool. And sure, it's just, you know, for anyone that's had a home burned down, and you know, we've talked to a few people now, especially down where we live in the Yarra, Yarra Valley, um, yeah. not that far from King Lake, where you know, you've never Black Saturday, and you know, when you have a, your home burned down um, and you lose everything, you're yeah. just you're just starting all over, and it's yeah. just endless lists of things to find and do yeah. and get together. And my wife Amanda, who's an amazing, resilient lady, you know, her just getting the stuff so she can get the kids off to school again. And, yeah. and the school's been really helpful and our church has been incredibly helpful and generous. And, um, you know, one of the things I found in the last four weeks, Lloyd, is there's beautiful, generous people in all kinds of places and, you know, everywhere you look, you can just find beautiful, generous people. When you think back on it, how did you actually cope? What strength did you get to get through that? Because it is a terrible tragedy. It's, like it's, the it's loss hard of- to know. Yeah. Um, and initially, you just sort of feel a bit numb and dazed, and, that, and you're not sleeping. But remarkably, Lloyd, on the the Saturday, Saturday before, um, they've been down Sunday night, Easter weekend, yep. and um, had a bunch of teenagers at our house, and we did a Bible study on rejoicing in every situation. And we went out of Habakkuk, yeah. um, where it says, though the fields are empty and there's yeah. no figs on the fig tree, there's no cattle in the stall, and everything's barren yet I'll rejoice in you. And we went through Habakkuk's story about where even when it doesn't make sense, you rejoice in God. Even when it's, and Habakkuk saying, God, why is, why are the bad people winning and the good people losing? And you know, God ex- explains Habakkuk, even if I explain it all to you, you wouldn't understand and rejoice in the Lord anyway. We went through that Bible study. Okay. And we've gone through Habakkuk with the boys and with a bunch of teenagers at our house. And, um, you know, during that week, it was just like, it kept coming back to my mind and my son Ben said to me, yeah. he goes, that's pretty hard to rejoice in the Lord at the moment. 
Um, but every morning we sit there. And one of the things that survived the fire, Lloyd, it's burnt and yep. the cover's black and the pages are all black on the edges. Yep. With a little daily devotional book. And we are going through a book called God of Wonders yeah. by a, a biologist who every day was explaining different things about animals. Yeah, yeah. And um, we've been going through it. And we're still going through it because we've got the burnt worship book. It's one of the very few things yeah. in the rubble. Yeah. And, um, you know, each day we sit there as a little family reading this burnt worship book, but then talking about what can we rejoice in? What are we seeing to rejoice in at the moment? Um, and how do you rejoice in the Lord when it doesn't make sense, when it's yeah. not? Um, and you know what? House burning down is one thing, but you no, know, over the last four weeks, I guess it's opened my eyes to, as you talk to all kinds of people, and whether it's people who are you know, losing loved ones for cancer and you know, yeah. have a whole list of people who are battling all kinds of terrible stories. And, and you know, we know that you know, in this world we're going to have tribulations. You know, we know it rains on the just and the unjust. Yeah. Um, and you know, sometimes we have, you know, we have this ideology, I guess, that somehow because you're a believer, God's going to save you from these things. But um, the promise is God will be with us. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's not your house is going to burn down, but God will be with you. Yeah. Um, he didn't say he's going to stop your house burning down, but he did say he'll be with you. Have you and felt God with you? To. Have you felt him in it? Yeah. Experienced him? Certainly have. Yeah. Certainly have. Yeah. And and that's what we hold on to. And that's what I say to the boys. Um, it's it's not that these things are going to happen. And, and the promise that God makes is I'll be with you. Yeah. Um, well, there will be a time um, where there will be no sadness, but at the moment, no, we sit there and there's times when, when I've cried for, for things and so thinking of my little animals and whatnot. So your advice to those who are listening, because everybody at some stage or another faces awful tragedies in their lives and there'd be people listening mm-hmm. right now that are going through similar or different but still tragedies that are very difficult to to cope with, what would your advice be to them? Yeah, my advice would be, it as I say, fire is one thing, and it sure yeah. is traumatic and it's terrible, but as I hear other people's stories, Lloyd, you go, that's unimaginable, and there's people who are who are hurting in all kinds of ways. Um, my advice would be, take some time amongst all that to to just think, where do I see God working, and and how can I experience God with me? Um, and and the, the promise is that, that God sees every tear that falls. And and sometimes you've got to hold on to that promise knowing that the tears aren't going to fall, but you've got a God who's there with you who sees those tears. Um, and there's some beautiful pieces of scripture where, you know, he stores up your tears in the bottle, that sort of imagery. Yeah. yeah. Um, there will become a time when there's no more tears. Yeah. But, um, and sometimes the pain we feel at this moment reminds us that this is not our home, yeah. that this is not how it's meant to be, yeah. that there is something better. There is something special, isn't there, of when you're going through these tragedies to know and to experience and to, ha- to, experience it and to have God with you. It's such a, a beautiful mm. thing. Hey, one more question, Brendan. Sure. When you build your new house, will you get some more reptiles? Um, I certainly will, Lloyd. Um, one of the things at the moment when I'm starting to get um, a bit down in the dump, yeah. I start thinking, well, which one am I going to get next? And, um, you know, there's a, a lady in my office, a lot of generous people, but a, a particular lady in the office I work in here yeah. um, at the, for the church. And um, she gave me some money and she said, this is not for... <laughs> For anything else, this is for your first reptile when you get on top of things and when you can start your reptile collection again. And, yeah, um, yeah no, I'll certainly um, 
certainly get get reptiles again, Lloyd. Um, well, as I, I say, I've, I've, I've been into reptiles since I was a kid and certainly will. Yeah. I think we'll, we'll come back and talk to you then. Look, Brendan, in your busy schedule, thank you for giving us the time today. You're a very interesting man, a man of faith, of courage and, and relentlessly positive and I've always appreciated that about you. God bless you, mate. Thanks, Lloyd. Always nice to chat. See you next time. Yep. Bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. You know, Hunty, I was actually in Melbourne the night that fire came down on Hunty, uh, wow. on, on, wow. on Hunty, on, on Prady's house. Mm. And uh, it was shocking. And I was just encouraged as I was listening to his answers then how Jesus has been able to help him through this crisis. And I've known, you know, in 31 years of ministry, I've seen a lot of people go through a lot of crisis and a lot of disasters and a lot of tragedy in their lives. Yep. And I've watched people do it with Jesus, and it's not a cliche. And I've watched them do it without Jesus. And I'll tell you what, whenever tragedy comes to my door, whenever crisis knocks on my door, I want Jesus in my boat, show me the way home. Because if you've got Jesus, you'll make it. If you haven't got Jesus, you're in big, big trouble. Mm, and you see it out there, don't you? I mean, even you watch what's happened with the COVID. Now, we haven't mentioned COVID-19 except for your... <laughs> except for me. How are you feeling, by the way? Good, thanks, mate. Your arm's okay? Yeah, it's fine. Any bruising? No, so a quick peek again. Not all good. What did they say to you? The doctor said, look, you've got to be careful with the... The things to look out for for the blood clots are headaches and pain in my abdomen. Okay, and you've got no headaches? No, nah, I feel no good. Pain. feel good. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you get a headache or pain in your abdomen, maybe take an aspirin. Doesn't yeah, that thin yeah, your blood? That's what another doctor told me to do. Yeah, yeah, that thins your blood. Mm, apparently. Oh, you should be okay. Yeah, but you, you know, you're watching this COVID nineteen crisis here in Australia, and then you watch the latest budget, the billions they have to spend on mental health. Yeah, because people are not coping with COVID nineteen, mm. and I get that. I Me get too. the stress Me because too. our own jobs came under pressure, under threat, didn't they? We weren't yep. sure we were going to have a job. That's right. The way things were going. And I get the pressure and I get the stress and I understand the mental challenges people must be having, especially if you don't have Jesus. But when you've got Jesus in your corner, he gives you, he gives you this outer-worldly, other-worldly peace that, that you just can't have without him. And the whole world can be crashing down around you. I'll tell you what, Hunty, if you've got peace... You're going to be okay. And the thing I noticed about Brendan, I've talked to him in and out of this interview, mm. was that this guy has peace. Amen. And he has peace because he has Jesus Christ. Yep. And he truly does have Jesus Christ. And what you might not have picked up in that interview there as much is that when he lost those animals, he lost some friends that he'd had for 15, 20 years. Yep. And it's been a great trial and a challenge for him. Yep. And yet he's done it with Jesus. And if you're out there and you're having a hard time of it, I want to encourage you to do it with Jesus too. Now, we're about to go to Ask the Aussie Pastor, and again I'm thanking God because we do have some questions that have come in, but it's not too, is it too late, Hunty, to send No, we've got one more in? song before Aussie Pastor, so yeah, we've got so, some, so, time. So they could send a, okay, so if you want to send a question, a spiritual question, whether yep. it's on the Bible or, or something else, send it in, I'm going to have a go at it. Now, if you're going to send in a question, where would you text it to, Hunty? Okay. And then where would you email it? So, so you've got a choice. You can text or email. You can text or email. Here we yeah. go. Zero four double eight double eight. What's this for? What's this for? Eight five one. This is SMS and text. This is texting? Yes. Is there a difference between SMS and texting? No, but because people use the two 
terminology is like to say them both. So we do still use the terminology, yes. Which one's the old-fashioned one, SMS or text? I think SMS is the old-fashioned one. Oh, that's why you use it. <laughs> Trichet. Because you're an old dude. So if you want to, so what we're saying is if you want to SMS or text, yes. here's the number. 0488-880-851. And you can email us too. Sure, like, sure can. Info at aussiepasta.com. This next song, The Fourth Man in the Fire. You know why I chose this one? Why is that? It's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Three Hebrew boys in Daniel chapter 3. And they went through a great tragedy. You should go and read. If you don't know the story, listeners, open your Bible. If you haven't got a Bible, go online. Uh, you can find Bibles online everywhere. And go to Daniel chapter 3. You'll read the most amazing story of three boys who got tossed in the fire because they wouldn't bow down to a pagan idol. And you know who was in the fire with them? Absolutely. Jesus, Jesus. Christ. And you know who was in the fire with Brendan Pratt? Jesus Christ. Jesus. Thanks, Hunty. Statler Brothers, fourth man in the fire. Love it. That man in the fire, Jesus Christ. Great, great story. Seriously, if you do not know that story, go to Daniel chapter 3 and read it. It is a, a fabulous story. It's a ripper. Story. I love it. Yeah, one, one of the best f- in the Bible. One of my favourite Bible stories. Maybe we need to unpack that one day here too. Oh my goodness, we should. It's a ripper. Including the prophecy. Ask the Aussie pastor. Yes, it's time. We've got some questions. We do. And I'm interested. Okay, this first question um, have Christians neglected truth and justice? Well, some Christian that, that's that's an interesting question, isn't it? It's from uh, I guess a lady named Gwen. Have Christians neglected truth, truth and, and justice? justice? Look, 
I think that definitely some Christians neglect truth and some neglect justice. That's just the way of life, isn't it? Yep. Um, yep. I like to say that no, Christians don't neglect truth and justice, but the Christian church is a wide church and there are all sorts of people in it. And there, you know, it comes down to this. If you are a born again, that means you've asked the Holy Spirit into your life, converted Christian, walking with Jesus, you will not neglect the truth. You will be confronted by the truth. You will be challenged by the truth, but you will always accept the truth. Yep. And you'll share the truth. So that, that's the first thing. Yep. If you're born again, if you're converted, if you're the real deal, in Australia we say if you're fair income, fair income. Yep. then you won't neglect justice either. Justice will matter. And I think the problem in Christianity sometimes is that we do have, and this is just the way of it, people in our ranks who are not born again and converted. And so if they're not born again and converted, they're not going to act and live as Jesus would. But Jesus never neglected truth and justice. That's true. Jesus was the truth, yes, and he always brought justice. Yes, amen. So there's a short answer to that one. Very well done. Okay, uh, this next question. I am troubled with what is the best way to talk biblically to couples who live in same-sex marriage. I love them as individual people, but I have family member turning away from Christianity because of some followers' attitude. We are to love all people. Jesus' miracles were for many unclean people, so why are believers condemning others sincerely conflicted? That's one of the best questions, I think, in this yeah. modern yeah. contemporary age you can ask. It is. It's relevant. It's a hot question. And even in answering that question on public radio in Australia, we've got to be very careful. True. Again, what is so important for Christians is to be in a fair dinkum, born again, converted relationship with Christ. So true. That means you are on fire for Christ, you belong to Christ, you're a man or a woman in the Bible study, morning and night, you're in prayer, you are the real thing, ridgy-didge, fair dinkum, born-again Christian. When that is what you are, then every difficult question, Hunty, and every difficult situation like this is that you come across, you'll be being led by, guided by who? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. You have God inside of you. So I can't, look, I'm not backing away from this. I know what the Bible says on this subject. I believe what the Bible says on this subject. I preach and teach what the Bible says on this subject. But how I relate to people on an individual level who are challenged with same-sex relationships, and we know plenty of them, Hunty, Mm -hmm. some of them close to us, is I rely on the Holy Spirit to guide and to lead me and to show me because there's no one answer and there's no one way. And nothing will cause more damage in this discussion on same-sex marriage, Christianity, Christians relating to people in same-sex marriage, nothing will cause more damage than people claiming Christianity and yet not knowing the Jesus. Mm. And when you claim it and you don't know him, then the answers and the way you relate to people aren't always reflective of how Jesus would. Jesus was always gentle. Jesus was always forgiving. But Jesus, make no mistake, Jesus also called people relentlessly and unyieldingly and yet gently to the truth. You want to say something, Marty? Oh, we've got a couple of comments, um, not questions, oh. but comments that have come in. Okay, yep. Hmm. Oh, so we're moving on from that one? Okay. 
Oh, yeah. Hunty sitting I, here I on the radio. A, I think that's a good move. Head. Yeah, okay. Look, it's a good question, that. And it's it not one I'm afraid to, to, to talk to or to deal with. But I'm going to say, again, before we move on, and I'm going to stress this, if you're going to have a say in this debate, in this argument, or in this discussion, and you're going to have a say from the Christian believer side of things, you make sure you're born again, truly in a relationship with Jesus. Yep. Otherwise, Hunty, yes. it might be better to be quiet. For sure. For your own safety... And for the other person you're talking to, for their chance of really knowing the real Jesus. True. Okay. Well, let's move on. There's a couple of comments. I yep. think this first one here from, from David is a ripper. Yep. I'll let you read it. Um, I've got to pick it up on the... I'm going to put it right to the top for you. Okay. All right, David. Actually, I, I, I know David kind of. Uh, well, we're online uh, from this radio program. Uh, and he has not been uh, by any stretch a regular attender of church on Sabbath, but he, since we did our Bible study on the Sabbath, he's been having a go. Good stuff. And he says, uh, here, Lloyd and Hunty, I'll be enjoying my Joondalup Adventist Church in Heathridge, Western Australia, this coming Sabbath morning. So I'm not sure where Joondalup is. I imagine, is it Perth, Hunty? Yeah, it's just north of, uh, yeah, it's West Australia. Is it where you don't do you know where it is? I have been there. I can't remember. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. Somewhere in Western Australia. Yep. Good on you, David. Yep. You're having a, you're having a go, and I hope you're enjoying it. And I hope you got a warm, uh, friendly welcome when you got there. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's it, Hunty. I think we've come to the end of I it. Think we come, have. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, thank you for those who sent questions in. Keep them coming. And by the way, if you're listening to this program during the week and it's not live. Live is Tuesday, 3.30 to 5.30. If it's not live, that's okay. No worries, isn't it, Hunter? That's right. Send your questions in and we'll pick them up we'll for, the next, for the next program. Week. That's right. Yeah, we, we kind of like that. Yep. Um, this next song, BJ Thomas, Him I Do Know. Mm. And I love this song. Brilliant. Here's the hand on my shoulder. my shoulder when I need to know someone cares he's the hand on my shoulder assuring me that he's always there he's the voice in the silence
BJ Thomas, he's the hand on my shoulder. Really, really like that song. Beautiful too. song. Of course, I like these songs because I'm the one choosing them, Hunter. Yeah, exactly. So that makes sense, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> you know, Praddy going through that. I better be careful. Brendan Pratt, not Pastor, allowed to Pastor, 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 Pastor Brendan Pratt. Pratt. Not really supposed Pratty. to be <laughs> You know, I, I, I've known him for many, many years. Yep. Uh, maybe the best part of 25 years now. Cool. Um, literally, when I went to New Zealand, he was a young pastor. And, you know, it, it was it was brought up in the interview a little bit there, but he really was a red-hot, gung-ho young pastor. I actually went to that church to do some live TV production, and it That's was right. pumping. It was. He he When he went there, it was down in numbers. It was struggling. He went there. First, he turns up as an associate. Pretty quickly, he becomes the senior pastor. And, man, he was, he was one of the best pastors in action I've ever seen. I wasn't a member at the church, but my wife was. I, I was a youth leader, one of the youth leaders in the, of North New Zealand. So I'm going around all these different churches. But each week, my wife would go there with our little girl, and they just had a wonderful time. But what happened to him was a tragedy. Mm. It wasn't just he lost his home. It's losing all those animals. Yeah. They can't be replaced. Heart, that's right. One of those snakes he's had for near on 20 years. Yeah. Used to come out and welcome him, greet him, literally. Yes. Same with the lizards. Yes. I, I think he said there was only two animals he had that escaped, and they were living outside in outside. a, pit, a, a yep. pit. They were some sort of, um, I don't know, dragon or lizard or something or other that digs under the ground, and th- they were under the ground in a pit, and so they survived. But you have these tragedies happen to you. You have these awful things happen. Just in the last couple of weeks, I buried a lady. And she died. She's my age, Brendan. Brendan. Mm. <laughs> Hunty. <Yep. laughs> I'm still thinking Prady. Sorry, Bob. Live, live, well, uh, Andrew. Yes. Uh, I'm still, I'm still thinking, um, um, Prady, but I buried this lady, um, who's my age. Her husband hadn't quite retired, but they weren't far off retiring. They bought a house up on the North Coast. Near Noosa. Yep. So it was going to be a nice retirement. They both had had very successful careers, and she got cancer, man. Yeah. And she died. And you look at what's going on, and you see that husband. This is not a man who weeps weeping yeah. at the loss of his wife. And you go, why is this happening? What is going on? You see the little children over there in the Palestinian Gaza camp there who are dying in these bombardments. You imagine if you're one of those parents, you're not involved in the war, yeah. you're not engaged at all, and yet you lose one of your little children. How do you cope with that? Yeah. How do you understand it? What I'm asking, Hunty, is the question, why do such shocking things happen to us? Yep. And when they do, how do we cope with them? Mm, and over question. the next couple of weeks on this radio show, I'm going to deal with this question. And I'm going to deal with the why first. How do we get into a place on our planet, planet Earth, where such shocking things happen. And it goes right back. This is an ancient story. You could almost call it Star Wars. Yep. Because it's an intergalactic battle that not most many, not many people, most people don't know it, yet it unwraps why we're in such a mess. But you're going to have to stick with me on this program for the next couple of weeks if you really want to find out the whole story because I only have enough room to unpack a little bit of it. But in heaven, before the earth, before the planet was created by God, and by the way, I am a pastor, I am a Christian, I'm a believer that Jesus did create the planet in six days. Me too. I, I've no doubt about that, that this 
planet is master designed by God himself. Sure. He made it, and he's going to come back and rescue us soon too. Nice. But before the planet was made in heaven, God has these beings called angels. Do you know what an angel is, Hunty? How would you describe or define define an angel? What do they do? What are they? I can I can do it in one word. Can you do it in one word? No, I can't do it in one word. How would you define them in a, in, very quickly? That's a very tough question for what, me. What is an angel? I don't even know. A messenger. Okay. One of God's specialised messenger. And there was one angel in heaven, Bible tells us, we're going to look at this in a minute, whose name was Lucifer. And Lucifer is at the heart and the key is at the heart and is the key to a great rebellion against God in heaven. And to find out this story, we've got to go to the Old Testament, Ezekiel chapter 28. And I'm going to get you to read, and if you've got your Bibles out there in that listener world of ours, follow along with us, Ezekiel chapter 28. We're going to read verse 11 through to 15, and Hunty's reading from the new, the NLT. Um, this is the story. This is what happened to Lucifer. Go for it, mate. Okay. Then this further message came to me from the Lord, son of man. Sing this funeral song for the king of Tyre. Give him this message from the sovereign Lord. Okay, stop there for a second, Hunty. Mm-hmm. Can you tell I'm tired, mate? I'm calling you different <laughs> names today and getting it all wrong. I all think you're doing great. Excuse you're me, listeners. Good. I am on still sleep deprived from a trip from Brisbane to Sydney <laughs> overnight. Never do that again. Look, the king of Tyre, this is just symbolic of Lucifer. Right. The Bible does that sometimes. I'm not going to explain that too much today. If you can just accept that, maybe we'll come back and look at that another time. But look what the Bible says about Lucifer. Listen very carefully. If you've got your Bibles, follow, because this is key to why we're where we are today. Go, Hunty. You are the model of perfection, full of wisdom and exquisite in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Your clothing was adorned with every precious stone, red carnelian, pale green peridot, White moonstone, blue green beryl, onyx, green jasper, blue lapis lazuli, turquoise, and emerald, all beautifully crafted for you and set in the finest gold. They were given to you on the day you were created. Stop there for a second. So, this being, this angel, is created by who? God. God. And we can just see from this scripture that he's beautiful. Mm. When you look at him, it's just, wow, this guy. This angel, this being is spectacular. So created by God, spectacular to look at. Remember, this is all before the creation of our earth. Verse 14. I ordained and anointed you as the mighty angelic guardian. You had access to the holy mountain of God and walked among the stones of fire. Okay, well, this is this is really graphic stuff, isn't mm, it? Mm. Look carefully what the Bible says there. I ordained, this is God speaking. I adored, I ordained you and I anointed you the mighty angelic guardian. guardian. Some versions say the angel that covers. Do you know yeah. what that actually means, Auntie? No. This guy's the head angel of heaven. Right, yes. He's the commander of the armies of heaven. And he stood next to the throne of God. That's why he's called the mighty angelic guardian or the chief guardian or the angel who covers. He stood by the throne of God. Now, I've said this before on this show. I think that God's created a lot of planets, Hunty. Yeah. I'm not so convinced that he's still not creating. Wow. Millions, billions, trillions. My little daughter 
when she's a little girl, she once came to me and said, Daddy, what's the biggest number in the world? I didn't know. So I said, I made it up, a gazillion. <laughs> He's created perhaps gazillions of worlds. And these angels, they flit all over these planets, all over these worlds with God's messengers doing God's will. They're God's army. Yep. And this guy, Lucifer, is the head angel, the mighty guardian angel. Outside of God, he's the most powerful being in the universe. But something happens because he's standing by the throne of God. He sees the worship of God. He sees the adulation of God. He sees God for who he is, the mighty king of kings, Yahweh, the judge of the judges, the king of the kings, the lord of the lords. Um, There is no one like him. And here's Lucifer, this angel, standing next to the throne of God, Seeing all this worship and adulation, and start, something in his heart starts to happen. Verse 15. You were blameless in all you did from the day you were created until the day evil was found in you. Somehow evil was found in him, hunty. Yeah. And how did that happen? Well, the Bible has the answer. Isaiah chapter 14, because that continues the story, hunty. Yep. Isaiah 14. Just read verse 12, mate. Okay. How you have fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning. You have been thrown down to earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. Keep going. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. There's the key. Here he is standing by the throne of God. He didn't want to be God. He wanted to be with God, equal with God. Mm. He actually wanted to make another throne yep. and get up on the throne next to God. He wanted to be worshipped as God. He wanted to be adored as God. And as he started to think about it, this little germ of rebellion mm-hmm. started in his heart. Yep. And we don't know how it happened, but it did, and it started to grow. And as it started to grow, he started to talk. How often does that happen? Oh, jealousy, green bone. <laughs> Haven't the all of us. You've never been jealous, have you, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I know Hunty pretty well. He's not a jealous sort of a fella. No, truly, you're not. That's not, not one of your problems. But jealousy can be, a, you, you've seen jealousy and what a problem it can be. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We've all come across jealous people. Sometimes we might be the jealous person. This guy, simply put, is jealous of God. And because he's jealous of God, rebellion starts to grow in his heart and something terrible then happens. It's awful. But I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm not going to tell you this week what happens. Oh, You're going to have to no. come back next week. But if you want a little hint, I will give you a little hint yes, of what please. happens yes, now. Please. You've got to go to Revelation chapter 12 and you read Revelation chapter 12. But you want to know something? Why is there so much rubbish in this world? Why is there so much hurt? Why is there so much pain? I'll tell you why. Because Lucifer started a rebellion. And where that rebellion went is the reason we have so much pain and hurt and sorrow and death and misery in the world today. It's why it's why Praddy's house burnt down. Mm. It's why he lost all his animals. It's why there's a COVID-19 virus sweeping the planet today. It's why there's a war between the Israelis and the Palestinians. Yep. It's Lucifer and what happened in his heart 
many, many thousands of years ago in ancient times. Brightly beams our Father's mercy from his lighthouse evermore, but to us he gives the keeping of the lights along the shore.
Dear Lord Jesus, we do live in a world of pain and sorrow and darkness. And there are many of our listeners struggling with why. Today, Father, we begin to look at the answer, a great rebellion against you. And we praise you, Lord, as we look to this end of this, as we look to the end of this story. We praise you, Lord, because you win this battle. You save us, you save people, and you will save the earth. Thank you for that, Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen. My name is Lloyd Grolleman and I'm the Aussie pastor. And I love you, our listeners. I love you a whole lot. That's why I do this. But I don't love you like Jesus does. See you next week. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 